0: Let's do this The Cult of Hockey podcast By the faithful and for the faithful I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy Hey Bruce
1: Hey David, how are you doing tonight?
0: Good, good Bruce um, A weird game The orders lose 4-3 to the Dallas Stars There's kind of a good feeling at the end of it because in his uh, third-time lucky homecoming, Sam Gagnier puts on quite a show and, and sh- actually shows the orders how to... Something kind of significant about how to get things done in the game of hockey that this team has been lacking all this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hasn't necessarily lacked it in the past, but has been completely lacking it in this, this season. And that's um, go hard to the net and work your butt off. This team mm-hmm. is lacking in, in um, both work ethic and more than anything else mental ethic mental smarts bruce they're killing themselves with mental errors they did so again tonight against dallas bruce this is our two good things two bad things and two numbers podcast plus one conundrum we will um do two bad things each though because it was a pretty other than um the spurt at the end of the game which was pretty which was really exciting and left a good taste in my mouth about the whole game other than that it was really rancid the game so it'll do two bad things each what's your uh, good thing though
1: yeah i gotta go back to evander kane i think that guy's playing his ass off out there for the orders really hard i mean he uh uh he did take a penalty and of course uh the penalty kill failed to kill it off uh but uh Uh, So there's that, but he had a goal and assist, two points, uh, plus one, six shots on net, 15 shot attempts, 15 shot attempts, four more hits, and he was uh, all over the score sheet and mostly but not entirely in a good way. And he's been all over the score sheet for a number of games in a row now. He's bringing it, and he's laying it out there. Ever since I wrote that post about him, I think. <laughs> maybe he read it. Or maybe I had really bad timing for uh, for writing a critical post. But uh, he's been strong ever since. Like, this is like five good games in a row for him since the Winnipeg game.
0: Well, he's and, a proud man, eh? He's yeah, a proud oh, man. Yeah, maybe well, he did oh, read yeah. post.
1: Well, he uh, he needed to bring it, and he started to bring it. And he's bringing it more than pretty much any other oiler at this point in time.
0: He really is, Bruce. We were both down on him. We both made negative comments on the podcast. And, um, Matt. he has turned it around. Uh, Nazem Kadri says the puck doesn't like you to uh, Kane, but the puck's starting to like him pretty good. He made a really nice play. My good thing is Sam Gagnier. And on Gagne's second goal off the face-off, Kane kind of stick handled very nicely up the ice to set up uh, Gagne on that goal. now he's is he is such a ferocious player, and um, he's getting full value for his money right now. He is leading this team. He's trying to pull this team up almost single-handedly and give them the kind of the kind of energy that they need and the smarts that they need. I don't know, that penalty was kind of a weak penalty too. Like he his stick got in there. It didn't even affect the other player much. I mean, um
1: I didn't Kane understand though.
0: Yeah, he did. It's like and it's a penalty, but it wasn't it wasn't it was this marginal penalty. And yeah. Anyway, he he, he took it and they of course they couldn't kill it off because, you know, Euler's 20, 23, 24 <laughs> version. They can't get anything right. But Bruce, here's something they got right that I didn't think they were gonna get right. My good thing. When they signed Sam Gagne this summer, I just thought, no way. He's, what, 34? He's got He's coming off double hip surgery. No way. This is not going to happen. The last time he was here, he was okay. <clears throat> but he didn't seem like what this team needed. Um, you know, they needed a center who could win some faceoffs and play strong defensive hockey. They probably still need that on their fourth line. But uh, so Gagne didn't fit any of those, bo- check off any of those boxes. He's kind of another smaller skill winger who's been injured and was slowing down. And I just thought, I don't know. But um, the word was when he got to Bakersfield that what he said was he's, he needed that surgery. And he's feeling and skating better than he has in years is what he said. And that's exactly how he looked. Bruce, he looked like the first version of Sam Gagné in this game at least <clears throat> and he was tearing it up in the AHL but he he looks faster and better skating than he did in his last stint in Edmonton um he was moving really well out on the ice um he was he's never been the fastest player but he has been agile <clears throat> and particularly agile when he has the puck and uh tonight he did that he was in a number of nice plays even be, before he scored the two goals but it's the um, 4-2 goal, which is the play that they should just go to the go to the um, film room tomorrow and watch that 500 times, because that's a pretty much of a nothing play. Puck gets thrown at net, and first Kane barges in there really hard, really hard, and he's smashing around for the puck, and then again he just explodes on the goalie and it pushes that, forces that puck in the net. He out-muscles the goalie, out-battles everybody, pushes that puck in the net, just with a hunger to score that we frankly haven't seen um, too much from the Oilers this year. It's been just such a strange version of the Oilers so far. It's a bad nightmare. But um, that's the example that the Oilers needed set, and Sam Gagné said it.
1: Yeah, I need a few more followers or Maybe you needed to set a little bit earlier in the game. It seemed like the Oilers missed about eight one-foot putts in this game. Or it seemed like it's going to be a sure goal. They just have to tap it in. Nope. Either Wedgwood would make an emergency save, which uh, he made more of than our guy, or uh, or the Oilers would somehow fail to make contact with the puck or get anything on their shot, just shovel it into him. And it was uh, the lack of finish, man. Oh, man. Brutal. Bruce,
0: I I don't think I've ever seen Leon Dreisaitl struggle this much on the attack, as as in this game. I mean, he had all kinds of plum chances to get off his dread executioner shot. And he was fanning on it, missing it, missing the net. He just... Leon's been... Listen, Leon's been hands down their best player this year, I think. Mm -hmm. Up until now. Up until this game. But he... and, And I've seen him and criticized him for having bad defensive games that's not uncommon i don't think i can recall him having a an off night on the attack he's just always seemingly good with the puck and um when he gets those chances he's money but uh no not tonight he just couldn't get anything going on and i don't know if it's i don't know what it is but anyway it's just it is what it is. Bruce, let's move on to our bad things. What's your first bad thing? Yeah, uh,
1: well, I'm going to go with the game, what turned out to be the game-losing goal against that made it 4-1 to one in the early in the third period. And in fact, it just made the deficit slightly too big to come back on a tired Dallas team that was playing their third game in four nights that ran out of gas last night in Calgary, barely hung on to win. And instead of bearing down on them, you know, I mean, really earlier in the game, but early in the third period, the Oilers had a close-in chance at the um, uh, at the net, and, and Drysaddle couldn't get anything on his shot, and the puck went into the corner. And then Dallas came back on the counterattack, and Conor McDavid, like he's about eight feet behind Joe Pavelski to start. <sighs> From their own territory, and we're talking about Joe Pavelski, second oldest guy in the league. What is he now? Two hundred years old, and I mean, he's not there for his burning speed. Let's put it that way.
0: He's and Old Testament.
1: Connor McDavid. <laughs> Connor McDavid comes back on him, uh, and about center, he's he's about two feet behind him by center, and then. He can see you're in front of him. It's a three-on-two. He's the third oiler. He's All he's got to do is take Pavelski. All he has to do, and he's right next to him, and he stops skating, and he just coasts back, and Pavelski keeps skating, and he stays in front of him. Sure enough, puck goes to Pavelski. Sure enough, perfect pass through the slot. Tap-in goal for Dallas. And I'm sorry, Connor McDavid. I mean, everybody talks about how much your defense is improving. That was terrible. That was terrible. He just kind of, I don't know, if he quit on the play or he just stopped thinking. He certainly stopped skating. And, it, you know, I mean, you look at the score sheet, you can say it cost him this game.
0: Yeah, you maybe know, he thought he there. had him. It was he, a, you, you made a funny catch comment.
1: can't Joe Pavelski. I mean, I think he's, obviously, I think he's playing with something. But whatever it is, he can still skate. And he just stopped on that play. And it was a, it was a crucial play. It was a critical play that ended up being the game losing goal against in a one goal regulation loss like those are the worst goals of all to give up right
0: whatever it is it doesn't seem to be mcdavid's legs and maybe he's a little short on wind right now i don't know but man that was just i hate that play where the guy comes back hard well, mm-hmm. he was a little slow in the back check, first of all. Right? And then but then he
1: was it. yeah. Then he realized and he got he on his horse realizing. and he got
0: back in like, If he had just skated hard for another one second, he would have been yeah. on the right side of his man. Mm-hmm. And I hate it when they do that. Yeah. They stop they, they come back and then just as about to get on the right side of the of the attacking player, they stop skating and they start posting.
1: I, I wrote in our in our um, scoring chance log to you, it was the old Marc Messier special. Yes, skate to catch up to the guy, and then
0: it's so common. It's and it's something that they like very like really good defensive teams. Bruce super mm-hmm. disciplined defensive teams and defensive coaches um, will drill it into players. You do not do that. You oh, awesome. you and you 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 see them just back check like crazy, just like crazy. The first time I ever saw that, I've I brought this up before on the podcast. Was the first time I ever saw the New York Islanders live in Edmonton in the early eighties, just a fantastic, disciplined hockey team. And I remember seeing bossy Gillies and Trottier on the ice, the best line in the NHL, maybe at that time, I was just gobsmacked by their back check. I've never, I had never seen people hustle like that on the back check. As soon as they lost the puck, as hard as they could, they, all three of them came back as hard as they could. And uh, it left it, obviously, an indelible image in my head, which I have been craving to see on some Edmonton Oilers team. And I think we've seen it now and then with certain teams and certain lines. You know, the 2006 Oilers team in the playoffs really back-checked like that. They were really hustling hard. Um, We've never seen it in the McDavid era, except from now and then from certain players. And he's actually been pretty good, but tonight he really just did let up on that play and. And It wasn't close, Bruce. Um, you mentioned that he's been hurt, and I just want to give a couple stats that I think highlight mm-hmm. that okay, because I think he's been hurt pretty much all year yeah, or early in, into the season. So, last year, you people know that we record uh grade A shots and who makes the contributions to them, and it's actually fairly easy to record. Uh, we I have a high degree of confidence in these numbers that they're significant, and um, so last year, Bruce McDavid averaged six point nine major contributions to grade A shots per game. Six point nine. You know, I and I, I think that was you know the best number he's had, he's been in the early sixes, low sixes before. But six point nine is just out of this world good. And um of those six point nine, they were three point one grade A shots per game himself on net, each game. Three point one each game. Connor McDavid three grade A shots.
1: Off his own stick
0: off his own stick mm-hmm. and the other three 3.8 were assists or generally right. speaking with mcdavid this yeah. year he's at 1.3 grade a shots per game so down from 3.1 to 1. 1.3 grade a shots oh. per game and down from 6.9 major contributions to grade a shots per game to 4.9 um overall this game he just had two yeah. um
1: two four major and two contributions.
0: games and Something, it's hard to know what's up. It just seems like something in his arms or or core. Mm -hmm. He's having trouble with dexterity with the puck, that's obvious. And these numbers Mm -hmm. certainly reflect that. So um, all that said, it doesn't stop you from back-checking.
1: No, no, that's why I'm being, like, I'm aware of, of, clearly there's something to miss. uh, But it does not excuse, uh, you know, not back-checking in a key situation, you know, an odd man rush. Yeah. You know.
0: Bruce, I'll um, go through my two bad things in order here because they are, they happen on the first and second goals against. And they really, you're playing a tired Dallas team back to back. You just, you, you, you can't have this happen. Don't give up the first goal, especially on a play like this. And I just written a really nice article <laughs> Post about Cody Ceci, how you never, you know, he was always in position this year, not making mistakes, not making mental errors. And what does he do? Um, nine minutes into the game, bad pinch. The puck, hmm. he he's at the blue line. There's a battle on the boards with Hyman and two stars, and Hyman loses. The puck pops out, and for a second, it looks like Ceci might be able to get it, but he hesitates a moment, and then he decides to go for it. And by the time he goes for it, the Dallas player gets it, pops it by him, and it's two on one and a goal against um, with uh, Matt Duchesne scoring. Just a mental error. I mean, Hyman lost the physical battle. Stuart Skinner kind of lost the physical, you know, a battle, you know, in not stopping the shot. Although Duchesne's quite a strong scorer. But CC, Cody CC, he knows better. Than to the risk reward on that play, it's just it wasn't there, it just wasn't there, and um, you don't do it then. And he knows that. So anyway, he doesn't make that kind of mistake often. So I'm not going to make too much of it. But the second goal against it, the owners do claw their way back. It's one one. We're early in the second period now, one one in a in a game. And Philip Roberg uh, wins the puck, takes it out, and fails to dump it in deep. And, um, you know, there was two guys, one or two guys on him right there. He was on his back end and he, and he didn't get it deep, you know what? That's a physical error that happens. These are mistakes that happen. What the rest of the team should do is realize, oh, he didn't get it in deep. Not a great time to change. Um, Dallas is in full possession of the puck. They're, they're ripping up the ice. Not a great time to change off. But what does Dylan Holloway do? He, do? he does something he's done a number of times. He yeah. Instead of like falling back to cover, he should have noticed in the first place, okay, Philip Broberg's rushing. I'm actually going to fill in on defense for him because that's what forwards do when defensemen rush the puck mm-hmm. up the ice. One of them goes back, and that's me on this play. I'm the last forward back. I'm going to cover for him. So he shouldn't have been trying to change off anyway. That shouldn't have been on his mind. It should be, I'm covering for Philip Broberg. Until but is that's deep. not on his head. He decides, I'm going to go change off. I'm I'm going to get off the ice here and just leave one defenseman out there, whatever, come what may. And um, they, they're rushing up the ice. They're actually rushing past him, and he's still going to change off. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the biggest mental mistakes of the year, and it wasn't mentioned on the TV at all. It was all about Broberg, not which is fair bit. enough. He made – Broberg made the mistake, but come on – like. One <laughs> that was mistakes. a. Tar- I would have benched not Bro, not Broberg. I would have benched Holloway the rest of the game for that. He he's got to break that habit because he's done it before, mm-hmm. and he's not getting it. Yeah. Bruce, what do you say?
1: <laughs> well, up. this is Dylan Holloway's 60th game in the NHL. He's got three goals, right? So if you're going to score one every 20 games, then you need to be pretty good at defense. You need to put your head into it. And, David, I'm pretty sure this is the fourth time in the two years that we've attributed a op- opposing goal to a bad line change by Dylan Holloway, always in the second period on the long change, which this one was, and where he was in position. I remember there was one in L.A. last night. He was in, oh, last year. He was the only guy in the middle of the ice. And he just sort of, oh, I'm just going to go off while they had the puck. And the defenseman just went wham, right up the middle with a stretch pass, bam, goal.
0: Is that in the and, playoffs or regular? Uh,
1: season? Uh, no, that was in the season. He didn't play in the playoffs. And then uh, uh, there there was one earlier this year where he was on the left wing on the offensive blue line, but on the penalty box side, and he skated all the way across to make a line change when the other team had the puck. This is the mistake you can't you can make you can't make a line change when the other team has the puck, and you know and, and unless they're like way behind their own net and just setting up. But if they've just recovered the puck and you know have it in the neutral zone or near the neutral zone and they're ready to come on the counterattack, you know, get your head in the game, man. And it's baffling, and you know, it's it's worrisome to me that and not only are we still seeing rookie mistakes, we're seeing the same mistake, and it's also worrisome to me that. Uh, uh, as you say, he I mean he spent about maybe five minutes on the bench after that, which is not that uncommon for him. But Philip Rober got two more shifts the rest of the game, and Holloway was, uh, you know, he played 11 minutes. In the end, he got a decent night's work. Had a couple of decent chances, couldn't finish them, of course, and and uh, wound up that that the one play he made that actually impacted the scoreboard. Was that? Horrible line change. And boy, anyway, that was a goal for anybody who says, uh, wonders why coaches shake their heads at at young players. These were the two ELC guys on the Oilers that both made a horrendous mistake on the same play and it wound up in the net. And so.
0: He made uh, one of those plays last year against Tampa Bay Mm
1: -hmm. and the
0: other one against Nashville.
1: Okay, it wasn't the Kings. According eh? to
0: our records.
1: Okay. I remember one against the Kings. It, right. I'm just wondering if it's in the
0: playoffs anyway.
1: No, right. no he didn't play in the playoffs. Oh, you're saying oh. he
0: didn't play in the playoffs. Sorry. No. My mistake again. No. All right. Yeah. Bruce, he's I, I like the player. I like I like his energy. He's promising. I think he's got some skill. He he seems to have skill with the puck even. And he almost scored tonight. He had a nice little shot on net on a rebound play, uh, shorthanded. But he's you can't make that mis- that play. Like again, th- the whole problem is he just didn't cover for Broberg in the first place. If he just right. been in position, he would have realized. Oh. It
1: was a long it was a long shift. He, it was a minute twenty three yeah, that enough. he'd been out there, yeah. but he was signaling to the bench that he was changing up at uh, uh, from his own blue line. He was sort of coasting off to the bench, and then Broberg turned the puck over, and he saw it, and he sort of hesitated for a second. It was like just ah, screw it, I'm going off, and. Uh, course the guy that came on in his place whoever was the poor unfortunate that wound up with the dash one on the play had no chance on the three on one that uh, Dallas ruthlessly bear but Dallas scored three goals off odd man rushes in this game two on one and two three on ones I think it was and then then one that was kind of a kind of a fluke Uh, yeah that that was
0: uh, all right Bruce what's your second bad thing
1: Well, you know, I'm going to point the finger at Coach Jay Woodcroft tonight. And I have a few issues with him, uh, some of which I just described. Uh, But it's about Sam Gagné, who was the inspiration for Everton's comeback in this game. He scored twice. Uh, He set up a great chance by a deflection by Kane with three minutes left. Uh, in the third period and, and then he got a 20 second shift with two and a half minutes left and then he never saw the ice again. And I get the names of the six guys who were on the ice at the end, right? Bouchard who had was dangerous certainly in this game. Uh, and uh, uh, Kane who earned his his time in the last uh, uh, on the six on five, but the other guys, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, McDavid and Drysaddle, none of them did as much offensively in this game as Sam Gagné did in half the ice time. Gagné played 13 minutes tonight. We had him as contributing to seven grade A shots in that time, one against. Oh, wow. Officially, he had five shots on net, three hits, and was five out of six on the face-off dot. Like, he he, he was feeling it, and he was the guy who led the charge on the comeback. And I don't understand how they don't find a way to get him on the ice with two-minute goalie pull at the end of the game. And yet there he is sitting on the bench watching as the same guys who haven't been scoring all game continue to not score down the stretch. And I, I get that it would be tough to bench Leon Dreisaitl with the goalie out. Uh, I'm not sure that.
0: How about I w-
1: Nuge? I would have had him out there over Hyman myself. Or Hyman. Who, who did very little in this game to my eye. But uh, the coach, rather than responding to the game, he sort of went, Well, here's my list of six guys for the goalie pull, and they're going to be out there in hell or high water. They're out there. And I think that was a coaching mistake. And to me, it was uh, on a number of levels like reward the guy who's making stuff happen and maybe disreward somebody who isn't making much happen.
0: Yeah, he you know, Nuge is a similar player like a f- smaller finesse player. They they could have put Gagne out instead of Nuge who didn't have a great game necessarily. I think I mean Nuge was fine. He wasn't wasn't terrible or anything, but you're right. They didn't have a whistle. They might have got Gagne out if they had a whistle. So there was that. Like there there was a long stretch there almost two Minutes, I think, at the end where there was no whistle, so right. maybe he was wanting to get him out but just didn't get the opportunity. But, um, yeah, Bruce, um, what is your number?
1: Oh, uh, what's my number? I had oh. one, you go first.
0: Okay, uh, you mentioned there is three oh, rush okay. goals against the Oilers tonight for the season, now, Bruce. The Oilers have just been getting absolutely killed on the rush. And and tonight it was starting to remind me of the last days of Dave Tippett where they just were giving up rush chance after rush chance, just getting sliced wide open. Now, Woodcroft isn't in that position right now. He's He's got a few more months at least to get this team going. But they've got to figure this out, Bruce. And, you know, they've changed the defensive system. And I personally find it frustrating that um, this team, which didn't execute well the man-on-man last year, um, couldn't execute the zone either. Now they're back to the man-on-man. You know, we're going to get two men in the corner and centers being late to the slot. We'll see how that goes. I'm just a little bit um, disenchanted with the Oilers in terms of their defensive play. And I'm wondering if they're ever going to figure it out defensively. I, I am for the first time really wondering that if this team can do it and if they'll squander what they've got because they can't. And the prime exhibit A is, is not their defensive zone play. It's on the rush here. You know, it's yeah. outscored 16 to six this year on rush mm-hmm. goals at even strength. 16 to six. It's my number. And how can that happen with this team? And the players they have rushing the puck. They got Ryan, like other than McDavid and Dresden they also have like some guys like Holloway, McLeod, Fogel, Hyman. These guys can all rush and go to the net. They've got Bouchard, you know, with his stretch passes. Mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse can make some nice passes, but they're getting beat sixteen to six, and most of it, Bruce, is mental errors. It is mental error after mental error after mental error and it is killing this team. And you just think after a while, they get tired of making mental mistakes. They just make up your mind like, okay, I'm going to cheat for defense tonight when the other team has the puck and is rushing it up the ice. I'm just going to, and I know you don't want to take away from what makes you good. You know, you can't stop what makes you good, which is the order's aggression, but you do have to, you do have to stop making those mental errors that are leading to odd man rushes. And, um, The owners are just, they're sinking in it right now. And will they get out of it? I don't know. I I don't have a, I'm starting not to have a sense of optimism about that. I'm wondering about the defensive uh, commitment of this team.
1: Yeah, well, like I say, three goals on odd man rushes tonight. So, you know. 2-on-1, 3-on-1, 3-on-2 was the other one. And then the other goal, the, the kind of fluky one where Hintz was alone at the side to tap home rebound uh, where uh, Pavelski tipped it just as Nurse was trying to clear it and it hit kind of hit the hosel of Nurse's stick and went right on net and Skinner was able to make that save. But Hintz, I think Dallas had always outnumbered on that play as well and Nurse was trying to make an emergency clear. He was he was the one guy back on the first two goals when first uh, CeCe and then Broberg got caught way up the ice. And then on the three-on-two, I mean, he did, he did uh, make a, a, a mistake on the, on the third goal, a nurse did, but it was a forced mistake by the crafty Joe Pavelski. And then on the fourth goal, that was the one where, well, Dallas just made it three on two, and they just sliced through the Oilers like nothing. You know, Hintz made a, was it Hints again, or was it, uh, yeah, it was Hints that scored the winner. And he passed it off, and he just blasted right by Bouchard and went right to the net, and nobody went with him, and he tapped it in.
0: Bouchard went really bad on that easy, play, too. Too easy. Yeah, Bouchard you know? was asleep. He's yeah. having his little old mad nap there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't so, good.
1: I've got my number, uh, and this is going to make some people mad, but I, I do have a point that I'm going to get to. Uh, expected goals in this game. Just those two words together enrage some people. Uh, expected goals by the Oilers tonight 5.36 of which they actually converted three into goals. Dallas, 2.6, of which they converted four into actual goals. So the Oilers were expected to score more than two-thirds of the goals in the, in this game based on the flow of play, the shots, where the shots came from. Uh, and <sighs> this is getting to be old, like I'm hearing all the Oilers fancy stats are so good. It's just a matter of time. And I've been saying it myself to some degree But I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, you know, in many ways they deserve to lose this game because they couldn't execute uh, when they did have decent shots in close to the net. They couldn't execute defensively and they couldn't get a save when they really needed a a big stop. There wasn't none forthcoming and they got beat by a backup goaltender again. Uh, and I'm saying that the the fancy stats aren't all that they're cracked up to be. Like in this game, uh, it's they account for where the shots came from, but they don't account for you know the freedom that the Dallas guys had to tap home their goals. Uh, you know the the two that two that Gagne got. Uh, let's just say there was no freedom. He had to go hard and battle to get and, you know, get a little bit lucky, in fact, to get it in. But they got in because he went hard to the blue paint. And otherwise, it wasn't the Oilers creating two and three on ones. And the expected goals formula maybe falls a little short in terms of... Uh, what, what was what was what their numbers really again?
0: What was the numbers
1: 5. again? 5.36 for the Oilers. Let's call it 5.4 to 2.6. six. Five so, point Like more than double.
0: Our grade A shots were um 15 to 10
1: Yep.
0: and eight to seven for five alarm shots so our expected mm-hmm. goals were it was four to three a Primed. closer game for the orders four to three for the orders was yep. our expected goals and it was four to three for dallas so that's right. well within the puck luck you know
1: yeah well um, the, the, the expected goals formula here was off by almost four goals. Like it had the orders winning by nearly three and actually losing by one. I mean, they did outshoot them, at 49 to 27, and you know all of the, and the orders had the orders had 98 shot attempts and Dallas had 42. You know, but Dallas had they missed the net twice and Edmonton missed the net 23 times, 23 misses to two.
0: Bruce, we had the Oilers. When when the Stars were up four to one, they were up um, ten to eight on grade mm-hmm. A shots, according to our account. The so that's out. what I think you're getting at. Like in, in the heart oh, of the game, of yeah. in the real game, mm-hmm. the Stars had more grade A shots than the Oilers, mm-hmm. and then the Oilers had this little burst at the end of of you effects. Know, score effects. They came on and and um, got a bunch of shots, in grade A shots as well. But when the game counted, it was 10 to 8 in grade-A shots, um, with the Stars having um, more of the most dangerous uh, scoring shots as well. (coughs) Bruce, um, our conundrum tonight is... (coughs) So Connor Brown looks like he might be hurt.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Let's just assume he is. Mm Mm-hmm. it didn't look good, actually. I, even though he came mm-hmm. back nice, it looks like me. I'm guessing some groin thing. Or
1: or, he came back to test <clears throat> it, and then he skated right back off again.
0: Yeah. Um, I, is it time to like Philip Roberg is struggling. He looks tentative with the puck to me. It's time to send him down and call up a forward. Uh, um, or if Brown's out, I guess if Brown's out, obviously you call up. You you might you know.
1: Well, you can't.
0: <clears throat> you put him on the IR. Unless he's
1: on LTIR. If he's on short-term injured reserve, you can't replace him. His still counts against the cap. It's only if he goes on to, you know, 10-game long-term injured reserve.
0: They're going to have no uh, choice, then. If he's just injured and can't play, they'll have no choice but to send Broberg down and call up a forward. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, or the just keep a- going
1: eleven seven if Janmark and uh, bring Janmark back. But uh, well, if he's healthy, you're right. And if he's healthy, and if he's not, well, guess what? You got nineteen players again, just like you did in the first game of the season with two guys hurt on your twenty one man streamlined roster.
0: Yeah. Ah, so that's a conundrum. What do you do with this roster? I guess we can't really say until we know Janmark and Brown <laughs> what their health status is. Right. But if Brown can't go and Mark can't go, I think you have to then set do down the defense. And yeah, well, Rowan got one because he's not playing well and and he's also still on his entry-level contract, so it doesn't have to be waived. So um,
1: one solution which I suggested on my uh, weekly radio spot uh, with um, uh, low Low Tide yesterday was that if Ryan McLeod doesn't get his act together, and if he's still if he's still dealing with some kind of injury, you alter him for a while, and you can, then you can call up two guys to replace him because he makes, you know, $2 million. But I'm happy to, to report, and this should have been said earlier, that McLeod had a fine game tonight.
0: Best game of the year by far.
1: By far. He had three shots on net, raising his season total to eight. Uh, he had three hits. He had two takeaways. He was nine and two on the faceoff dot. And most importantly, he was just involved in the game. Very nice to see. And Oilers need that desperately. And and uh, unfortunately, in this game, it was the first line that let him down with no goals or points.
0: He he made a major contribution to seven grade-A shots wow. right in cloud in this game. And just a, a major mistake on just one against.
1: Same as Gagne, yeah. Yeah, Excellent.
0: so he was... he. he, he Boy, do they need him to produce to score? <laughs> At least they they did get some bottom line scoring tonight. But if the Oilers have Drive and McDavid, you know, not even their B games, their C games, even on the power play, Bruce, they were out of sync and couldn't get anything going, really. The most dangerous thing on the power play was Bouchard's shot. They just couldn't. So, on a night when you have McDavid and Drive playing like that, you're just okay. it's just so hard to win because mm-hmm. um, they don't capitalize on the power plays which are so important and an even strength they were um, they were a liability
1: right well we had uh, uh, we had Mcdavid Hyman and uh, Drysaddle combining on seven um, great A chances as in two or three for each man and they each played like 25 even 26 minutes uh, 23 for Hyman, and then we got uh, uh, McLeod and Gagne on the second power play, and, you know, playing half the minutes, and they, they each were involved in seven. Yeah. So this was a very topsy-turvy and upside-down game, which was kind of why I was not too thrilled with the choice of uh, players in the extra man situation. I understand why, and maybe it's a political thing within the team. You you know, you go with the guys you trust, but... Uh, Uh, It did not pay off tonight and the guys that were making things happen were, were, except for Kane, sitting on the bench. Except for Kane Bouchard, who rang all three goal posts in the second period. He hit the left post, he hit the crossbar, and he hit the right post. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding.
0: I will say this. I was was about as sour as I've been in years about the orders during this game, honestly. Mm -hmm. It, It was just but when Gagné started to play well, it reminded me of why I'm a fan. Still, it, it really <laughs> lifted my spirits and made me think, "Oh, this is so much fun! Like this is what hockey's all about, you know." And, and they said uh, at the broadcast booth that this is a lot of Slaughter's fans have been all year. Well, if, no, little one. I, I mean, maybe in the Commonwealth Stadium they were pretty loud too. But um, that really was fantastic. That was just really special for Sam Gagné and special for Oilers fans. And, man, if this guy can keep it up, maybe you can give him what we were hoping Connor Brown would give him, which is one more guy who can um, chip in. I mean, if Gagné has significantly been held back by injuries and he can somehow avoid them this year, which is a big if when you're that age in the NHL, um, I mean, it could be really exciting that the owners will get, you know, some production out of this guy. And, uh, you know, he, he seems a bit more defensively responsible, which has never been his forte. Um, but he seems like he's aware of his role on the team. And, man, was he was he going for it? He threw that big hit on Heisken, and he looked like a more physical Sam Gagné, which, again, is kind of risky at, you know, 34 in the NHL. I
1: think um, Mason Marchman on his job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's always been really good with the puck and super smart with the puck. Oh. He could fit in. You could see him fitting in, you know, in a top six role for a, for a few games and holding his own at least, because the, the guy can make plays if he's fast, if he's quick, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's quick again. So yeah. I just well, it he was really special. He's certainly, certainly
1: hungry, game. and that's what stood out tonight was his hunger yeah. to score. Hopefully, it's catching. Same with Kane. Because. Because the Oilers aren't scoring, and it's sad. You know, I mean, they played four games now at, at Rogers Place. They're o three and one, and what have they scored? Eight goals combined in the four games, and they've given up three, six, ten,
0: fourteen. Well, Bruce, since Kane responded so well to you ripping him like that, I think you maybe need I to should rip it.
1: someone else, eh? Maybe
0: David and will need a good dressing <laughs> down, and you're the man to do it. So get on that, Bruce.
1: All right. Well, I got tomorrow's post. I'll, I'll think about that.
0: But, All right.
1: Uh, We've done a little bit of it right here on this podcast, so
0: bring out the big guns. That man. helps.
1: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're always
0: careful about what we say about the well about McDavid, especially. Like well, I mean, I I never want to attack him because he, you know the effort's always there with Connor McDavid, right? But it wasn't there on that play, so. What can yeah, we say? Bruce?
1: I'm frustrated by that. You know.
0: What did Ryan say about the Oilers this year? This team sucks.
1: Who said Put out that? a tweet, Ryan Whitney. Oh yeah. Oh okay.
0: Oilers fan, uh, you know the famous Oilers fan, former mm-hmm. player on spitting uh, chicklets,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: he retracted it this week. He says this team really doesn't suck. I was just in a bad mood saying that. Right. Okay. But I, was well, thinking, I don't think no, they, I don't
1: think they suck, but I do think they got to get their crap together and start playing like a team. Like, I was watching this game, and I'm thinking, don't all these guys know each other? Like, don't they have the whole can- damn gang back from last year, pretty much?
0: What about the captain skate? Didn't they familiarize <sighs> with e- themselves with each other, one another, and go out for pizza and all that stuff? Mm. <laughs> you know what? It's so much e- It's easier said than done. I, I, I do think, fundamentally, the problem with this team heading into this year was overconfidence. And it and it and it played it's it played out in a lack of desperation. Um, there wasn't there was just so much familiarity, uh, friendship. Uh, we got this. We're headed to the cup. Instead of like desperate guys thinking I've got to do everything I can to earn my job in the NHL, and there nope. wasn't much of that.
1: The focus was on the playoffs. It's like, well, what we do in the regular season doesn't matter. It's what we're going to do in the playoffs. So what do you do in the regular season? Sure in the hell does matter if you don't make the playoffs. And I think that we've seen a little bit of this, um, you know, slow starts to the season, certainly 2-6-1, and one, uh, but slow starts in many games, which tonight is just yet another example they said on tv that any game they've given up the first goal you know they've lost all of those games
0: it was i thought it was mm. the reverse jack jinx i was hoping that it would work out for the others mm. him saying that all right bruce Enough said. <laughs> well you you're gearing up though i can see the smoke coming from yours that you're sharpening your pencils and you're getting ready to write that post tomorrow where you just let it rip like you never have good thing before. i'm not
1: writing the grades tonight i'm thinking We'll see what Kurt comes up with. I'm guessing a real good game for Gagne and less good games for some of the other fellows we've mentioned here. I think so.
0: All right. Bruce, thanks for talking.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.